Hi, this is WCHV Program Director Joe Thomas, and on behalf of all of us that make WCHV happen for you. Hi, this is Mac McDonald. Hi, everybody. It's Bo Sykes from Good Morning Charlottesville. Hi, this is Chief Meteorologist Travis Koshko. Hi, this is Brian Belansky, host of the Racing Wire Minute. Hello, everybody. This is Meteorologist A.J. Willie. Hi, this is Dan Schutte. This is CBS 19, Meteorologist Delaney Tharp. We hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving, and thank you for listening to WCHV. We literally could not do what we do without you. Joe Thomas in the morning, thank you for letting us be of service to you. 434-964-1075 is the phone number input there. And uh, Joe at WCHV.com. And then in descending order of efficiency, you can go through Facebook, Messenger, uh, Seville. Joe Thomas is my personal page, WCHV Radio, et cetera, et cetera, down the line LinkedIn. I mean, it's the social media stuff. I don't have it open in front of me. So if you send me something, um, yeah, yeah, I'll see it. Maybe if I, you know, my phone has them on it and, uh, and I see stuff, uh, there on, on, uh, other ones there. Um, like I mentioned, uh, Michael and his email, this one from, uh, Steve, who said uh, Lyndon Johnson was trying to do the right thing but did too much of it? Question mark. It, well, and and it, it begins the era of the pandering populist. You know, Johnson was seeing a country that was you know had riots in cities like Oakland and and New Orleans. The poor communities were in uprising, in upheaval. They were rioting in the black communities, much like we saw in 2017 and 2018. And so his attempt, if you want to ascribe gravitas to the great society, it was a mollification. Famously, his uh, apocryphal quote, once I do this, the beeps will be voting Democrat for the next... 20 years it was longer than that but it, it, the great society is truly and i said this wednesday as well one of the great white supremacist documents and it really is directly descended from woodrow wilson's screening of the birth of a nation the birth of the great society is just the afterbirth of a nation it breaks up the nuclear black family. It, it breaks up the, the, the family structure that was overcoming poverty on the strength of their own abilities. Using capitalism to go from being poor to being middle class and from middle class to being wealthy. Bill Gates was a middle class you know, nerd until he became the richest man in the world because that was capitalism. But we have what Marx and Lyndon Johnson is just an American Marxist. They freeze the wealthy. They protect the wealthy. And that's the great gaslighting is that their, their populism says we're going to help the poor implicitly then by going after the rich. 
And you look at who their supporters are, the Michael Billses and the Sonia Smiths of the world. These are the rich. And they do it because they know that there's going to be a border, unlike the southern border of the United States. Capitalism is an open border between classes. And Marx can't have that. A Marxist cannot have the ability for you to change your class based on your own efforts. Your class has to be some genetic thing that you can't change as easily as you can change your gender, allegedly. And that's why the, I'd rather talk about the things that began 60 years ago in Dallas rather than the sad, tragic things that ended 60 years ago in Dallas. Being tuned in means saying thank you for including us in your busy day. Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. No more turning Thomas in the morning, and you probably heard us talking about how we're losing the grip and our governments are becoming a venture capitalist uh, record, uh, like Shark Tank for ugly people. Um, no offense to Mark Cuban at Al. Uh, the Board of Supervisors isn't as easy on the eyes as the cast of Shark Tank, but they have a half a billion dollar budget for, say, in Albemarle County, and they will let you come up and beg them and plead with them for some shekels uh, for investment. I just uh, report um, venture capital funding at a record decline, lowest point it's been in the last six years, record decline in 2023, and uh, some economic experts are saying half of the venture capital firms out there could be closing their doors within the next six months. Um, is it because uh, Brian DiGiorgio is on with us on uh, Joe Thomas in the morning uh, to talk about this? Good morning, Brian. How are you doing? Brian, are you, are you there? Uh, what is, uh, uh, hang on. Uh, can you get Brian uh, through into the phone system there? Brian, uh, can I? Uh, can you hear me? Sure, happy to be here. So, so talk about how, you know how this has come about. You know, the, this this loss of of real capital out there versus government taxpayer monies. Yeah, well, the VC community has just been cutting back. They were seeing risks in the market, uh, so they've been making aggressive adjustments to you know where they deploy their capital. Uh, they still have it. It's just they're becoming uh, much pickier than when they're doing it. Uh, we're seeing a large drop in deal volume. Uh, we're seeing drops in deal sizes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and several uh, are, are leading down rounds. So the, the next round is actually priced at the same round as, as previous. Is, is that because the government has, you know, I, I have an expression, I call it uh, Munchausen's by government syndrome. Uh, it, has government caused this downturn because uh, too frequently these venture capital firms find themselves competing with governments who have an unending supply of taxpayer money to invest? 
uh, I don't know if there's if it's government competition uh, that they're seeing. I think they've seen risk in terms of the interest rates, uh, concern about the economy, uh, and they've just been pulling back to make sure that they're funding uh, only the highest quality of uh, of startups. And, and having seen that then, and, and it used to be axiomatic. I mean, you knew that a very high percentage of startups would struggle to get through the first year, and then the, it, was be, it would be exponentially more likely your business could succeed if you made it into year two, year three. Um, sure. what, have we lost that ability to understand that you know, this is a risk and, and you know, sometimes they're going to pan out, sometimes they're not? Well, the VC community, you know, still makes bets. Uh, they've just pulled back on the amount of bets that they're making, and they've basically uh, controlled their spending more so mm-hmm. uh, as of late. You still have the risk uh, in the market as to the percent that fail uh, from a startup standpoint, as you had mentioned, with kind of the shorter runway. Run, uh, runway. Yeah. But and that's why startups are looking to explore other ways of, you know, launching their business, doing business, how they can basically go further with less money. Has, has the Kickstarter universe played a role in this? The GoFundMe, you know, despite, you know, that they, they seem to take a bigger cut out of what you do than, than a, a, a venture capital firm will um, when it comes to getting these startups up and running? Yeah, they, they take a, a bigger piece, but you know, frankly, uh, as entrepreneurs, you give up less. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you don't necessarily get as much money uh, at the end of the day, uh, but you're also not giving up as much equity uh, that you would traditionally uh, give up going through a VC. Mm-hmm. But you're also not going to raise the same amount of capital uh, as you go through that. And with that, there's a lot, there, there's hidden costs associated with it. Because you really do have to do a lot of uh, marketing, uh, specifically around your your raise on that platform. Yeah, Brian DiGiorgio is on with us, founder and CEO of 1840 and Company, and and I like the story behind why you picked that name. Uh, but but I want to get into some of the statistics we were, I was looking at. Um, that fifty percent of seed money could shut down in the next year. Uh, that's not good news for the economy in general. Um, but I don't know how you fix that in the scenarios you've been laying out, where these venture capitalists are saying, eh, "I just don't see the risk." The, the the odds are getting worse that these businesses are going to survive um, the next year or two or three. Uh, how do how do we keep you know? an economy going with that, what does the government need to do to, you know, free this capital back up? Yeah. You know, I, th- I think it really is more about the economy, uh, getting, you know, interest rates under control, uh, supply and demand. Uh, you know, it, it really has been impacted by the, you know, economic conditions uh, here in the U S and, and a lot of the changes over the course of the past, you know, year, year and a half. The value of the dollar being one of the big drivers as we print more and dilute the value of the the currency, is that going to be a big part of it? Do we need to be concerned with the international viability of the dollar too, Brian? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it it all plays together. 
Uh, and, you know, we need to be competitive here in the U.S. as well as we need to be competitive uh, on a global stage, even for startups. Uh, from a startup standpoint, while startups are still focused in, you know, generally in, in the U.S. market, uh, they're becoming exposed earlier and earlier to international uh, either customers and or resources mm-hmm. uh, to support their business. When when we look at you know some of the things that a business faces, certainly the cost of energy is going to be one of the biggest hits that they have. Is that another sector where the the federal government could do more uh, to bring down the cost of that that fixed number that most businesses are going to have to carry around? Uh, how much it costs to run the electricity and and other parts of their business? Absolutely, it all it all works together the the cost of the prices for gas uh and how that impacts the supply chain uh all of these costs are always borne by the end consumer mm-hmm. and it it impacts whether or not a company can be as competitive as they need to be uh, brian i'm running out of time i know i have to let you go uh, 1840 company uh, founder and ceo uh, Brian DiGiorgio, you're not painting a great picture uh, because without venture capital, we're going to turn to our governments more, and that gives them more control, unconstitutional ones in my view as well. Um, but I uh, appreciate your time this morning, and thank you, sir. We have been around for almost 90 years. But yogurt, what is it that you do here? And not a sign of any slowing down. Merchandising. Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. That's the way you do it. Joe Thomas in the morning, and uh, you know, just the the thought of uh, the economic stasis that the Marxist wants uh, so badly, because he's still struggling to make the race case, and they're trying over here, and they're trying over here to make the the economic class case, because they finally got to a place where enough Republicans have joined the Democrats in this authoritarian sort of freeze the economy where it is. And and the the silly, crazy thing is this stasis cube that they've put the economy in is being promoted by some folks as conservative. The the American conservative, the conservative that wants to conserve a free society based on Judeo-Christian ethic and capitalist pursuits, faster than you can say Adam Smith, you know, is is a country based on being able to go from poverty to wealth, from middle class to wealth, wealth to poverty, and and this is why the wealthy want to stop that because if they can lose it all that's why would i pay some government official and and the corruptibility comes in when the government officials start to realize they can regulate that and that's what needs to be taken back and bless the fact that you know of all the things i'm thankful for thank goodness for the bill of rights still gives us some protections though it's getting more and more expensive to try those cases in court. Good morning. You are on the air with Joe Thomas in the morning. Who's this? 
Hey, Joe, it's Clark. Happy uh, post-Thanksgiving, Clark. How are you doing, sir? I hope you had a wonderful holiday. I am truly blessed, Joe. Much to be thankful for. Amen. Yes, sir. Hey, the government can't give anything to anybody unless they've taken it from somebody that earned it first. True. Well, now, no, no, they're printing it, which dilutes it. This, this goes back, and this is another part no, no, of the. No, 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 no. When they print it, they are taking it from people that earned it, Joe, because they're diluting the value of what you have. Oh, okay, I see your point. Okay, I'll. That's just an end run. They, they, they took it when they print extra dollars. They just took money out of your pocket. Okay. Well, okay, they didn't take the money out. They took the buying power out of your pocket. So the government doesn't have anything to give except what they've taken from someone that earned it. Now, there's only two possibilities what they can do when they give that money away. They can give it back to the people they took it from to begin with. Okay. Or they can give it to someone that did not earn it. Now, the business model up until recently has been take money from people that did earn it, give it to people that didn't in order to buy votes. But here's what you got to think about, Joe. When they get to the point where they can print votes like they're printing money, mm-hmm. they no longer have to buy votes from people. I guess technically hmm. it is buying votes, if you think about it, the pandering. the, 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 the uh, And sadly, what's happening in a lot of our poor communities is people are realizing that the promissory notes that the elected officials pitched to them aren't coming to fruition, and they're turning instead to Marxists, avowed Marxists, the the Socialist Party of Virginia, etc. What did LBJ say when he signed that legislation, Joe? Uh, Well, uh, I don't have a recording of it, but it's uh, if I do this, the beeps will vote for us, vote Democrat for 20 years. And I think he undersold it. That's a tacit understanding that they were buying votes, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. My favorite part of the whole great society thing. And again, I, 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 I'm weird in this pursuit. I'd rather talk about the horrible things that began in Dallas 60 years ago on the uh, 22nd of November, rather than the sad things that ended like the life of a president. Um, but, you know, the the same thing happened at the end of the Civil War when a president was shot and killed and the black community was screwed over. And, and we look at a, a world with four times as many people living under the poverty level and, and a, a wealthy class that is seeing less and less opportunity for them to lose everything because that's what you have to have. You have to have that volatility. You have to have the ability for a, a wealthy person to lose it all so that somebody who's poor can become middle class or somebody who's middle class can become um, uh, wealthy. And that churn is is what the government has frozen. Yep. And one final thought, Joe. On the trial coming up with the UVA shooter, Mm -hmm. now, the question of whether he was bullied or not, uh, that's something to look into. But from everything that I can recall, he came from Petersburg, correct? The kid, uh, yeah, I believe, yeah, he was a poor kid from Petersburg. And pretty much exemplary 
up until the time he left Petersburg. What happened at UVA? Was he radicalized? Was he given a victim mentality? Mm. I'm just asking questions. And, and on that subject, somebody heard us talking earlier about, you know, this report that the attorney general's office did uh, regarding the response, but also the the predicate to this shooting. And and should the should the university be forced to make it public? Well, at this point, all I know is if if this kid's defense attorney is not demanding it in discovery, he's got a pretty piss poor defense attorney. Well, that could happen. Sure, absolutely. Well, I hope you continue to have a wonderful weekend and enjoy the blessings that we still have here. And remember that God gave us our rights, not the government. There you go, Joe. I'll keep on stamping out disease and pestilence, and you keep doing what you do. That's right, and watch for those dog coughs, all right? Yes, sir. All right, thank you. Uh, 434-964-1075. Being tuned in means Joe Thomas now. Sean Hannity at 3. Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. Joe Thomas in the morning. Thank you for being here. Four three four nine six four one zero seven five is the phone number. Emails come in to Joe at WCHV dot com. Easy through the smartphone app as well. We were talking about money, money from the government. But the conference of not just rights, it's it's the gaslighting into believing money is a right. And and this is what I mean about what began. 60 years ago in Dallas is to me more important to where we are today than what ended 60 years ago on the 22nd uh, in Dallas. This is, um, you know, 1964, Lyndon Johnson talking about now out on the campaign trail selling his great society plan that he first promoted in the State of, State of the Union address. Uh, and then became this pen and a phone agenda not seen really up until and including Obamacare, uh, but do we have the, the clip? From, we had we were playing this on Wednesday before we broke for Thanksgiving. For in your time, we have the opportunity to move not only toward the rich society and the powerful society, but upward to the great society. That's on abundance and liberty for all. Abundance and Demand liberty for and end to poverty and racial injustice. As as if those were things the government could do. And it's the pandering of a Marxist then and in in really as white supremacist as anything uh since Woodrow Wilson screened the the afterbirth of a nation, and maybe the great society is that afterbirth of a nation. Uh, as Lyndon Johnson goes after the black community, quadrupling the size of the population living under the the, pop, the poverty line, and and creating a stasis shield for the wealthy. Remember, you know, Lyndon Johnson he was representing a lot of wealthy Texans, and oil men and other people who wanted their wealth protected from ever losing it these are the same people that use 
the the government to promote the green agenda. The Green New Deal just begins at this point, the idea that the government is the one that makes these things happen. And Dr. Clark, Clark brought up uh, the fact that these things are only possible. Lyndon Johnson's Great Society is only possible with the 16th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution that allows the government to circumvent the Fifth Amendment and take your private property from you without due process or just compensation. And that property being your income. But by the time the technocrats had taken over, using the boogeymen of the knights in white satin, the same boogeymen that we were gaslit with here in Charlottesville in 2017, the same Klansmen that followed David Duke around and followed him into the park and and conned a bunch of people into making it look like there was a huge crowd of people there when once they started hearing david duke and his minions speak they left the park there was like 20 30 people left in the park by the time the illegal assembly had been called but using the the white sheets the same way the socialists of germany used the brown shirts to scare a population to willfully giving up their liberties and their independence willfully here take it please these agents of chaos accusing people like you and me and congressman good of creating chaos waggle their crooked finger. And yeah, there's plenty to be thankful for, but every year goes by in this, quote, great society. It becomes harder and harder to go back to the things that are constitutionally protected under the Bill of Rights because every year it becomes more and more expensive to take those cases into court and bless law firms like First Legal or, or law firms like the Government Accountability and Oversight uh, Groups and, and help them and support them in what they do and finding out what the, the illegitimate grandchildren politically of Lyndon Johnson and his ingrate society are doing behind the scenes and with your taxpayer money or as I say, metaphorically speaking, you know, punishing us for making liberty on the con on the carpet with a rolled up edition of the Sixteenth Amendment. He's not even speaker of his own house, but he does okay for us. The shootout in the in the Belmont Corral. Joe Thomas, it. weekday mornings on the Free Seville One Zero Seven Five smartphone app.